We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. We are now, what is it, just over 48 hours away from the draft as we record this. I can't wait. We've got so much going on, so many rumors flying around all over the place. This is going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you do join us right here live on the NBA Front Office Show. During the draft, we're going to be breaking down every pick, all the trades, all the rumors, all that stuff. So come join us, hang out with us during the draft. Keith, uh, I just... I don't know if I, I can't quite consider this the calm before the storm because there's stuff going on, but it all feels like this is the appetizer leading up to the big meal that we all can't wait for coming up on Thursday. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, well, we're in a spot where with the draft starting here in just a uh, you know a couple of days, there's all there's a million draft rumors flying around. Mm. It's also different. These guys have pushed these option decision dates so early now. It used to be basically no one's option was due until after the draft. And now we've got all these guys who options are due, uh, you know, coming up. So we're going to need a bunch of those that that made decisions uh, here today. So you know, there's just a ton of stuff happening. The Beal trade is not done yet, right? We're, we're still waiting to see is Chris Paul going to get routed to a third team? What is that going to look like? So just a million things happening. So I'm su super excited for all the stuff to to get into and talk about yeah tons going on around the nba world and i guess let's start with the thing that surprised both of us gary Trent jr opted into his contract with the toronto raptors and sounds like maybe he wants to stay there i don't know what the raptors are doing, are doing keith and i don't think anybody does they are the team of mystery heading into the draft but um uh, is this a sign that maybe gary Trent jr's market was just not going to be there in free agency or what do you what does this mean Gary Trent Jr. opting in to $18 million in change for next season. Yeah, again, right, we're we're grown-ups. We, we don't get all up in arms over tampering type stuff in early conversations. So True. my guess is Gary Trent and his reps at Clutch Sports had some conversations and realized there's probably not a $20 million offer waiting for him. Uh, in free agency from one of the cap space teams, there's probably there there was probably more like mid level exception offers around 12 million, or there might have been a handful of teams that were like, hey, we'll do a sign and trade, but we want you at the number you're on now, or something like that. And Toronto may have given them a the idea of we don't really want to do that, right? That that's not mm -hmm. where we want to go, um, trade wise. So I think we're in a spot here with Trent where he opted in because the idea for him is, all right. It's, you know, now at least I, I'm done. I know what I'm getting for next year. We can figure everything else out from there, whether it's an extension with the Raptors or it's a, you know, hit the market next year and, you know, there'll be maybe a little bit more money and better options or whatever it is. So, but yeah, coming back to Toronto for the Raptors side, 
I'm with you, man. I don't know what they're doing either, right? Still have Siakam, have Ananobi, have Barnes. Mm-hmm. Sounds like Van, Viet, Van, Van Vliet is probably out of the picture in Toronto. The, like There was a reporting almost right after this from a couple of the Toronto-based reporters who were, yeah, this doesn't impact anything with Van Vliet. It's not a full run-it-back situation. And there's now even been some talks of, does this put the squeeze on Jakob Pertl some because he's a free agent? Clearly they wanted to resign him after investing in a first round pick to get him, but it's, they also apparently don't really want to go into the tax for this team. Hmm. So again, you know, much like we've been saying since what December, everybody's kind of still watching the Raptors to see, you know, do they actually pick a direction or are they just kind of keep floating along with this team? That's kind of good, but not really good enough. There was some reporting too, that the Raptors and a number of other teams in the East look at what Miami did this year and say, well, we're not that much worse than than Miami. Why can't that be us? I think that's a little foolhardy because what Miami did this year is not something that's typical. It's not something you could bank on happening every single year. It's a, it's, it's an extreme rarity. I mean, what was it? Was it uh, 1999? Was that the last time an eight seed? Yeah. That year. And that was a weird lockout season too. Right print of a season so seedings were were very very messy and then yeah it's yeah definitely it's it's yeah nobody should be looking at miami and saying we can repeat that or even you know your lakers right and saying yeah you could come out of the play and tournament and make it all the way to the conference finals you obviously can and there's going to be situations right the lakers you know were basically two different teams last year right they were the not so good team before the trade deadline or i guess before mid-january and then they were the very good team after that Mm -hmm. so that's why they made their run uh the heat were a team that just kind of puttered along all season had a lot of injuries a lot of guys in and out of the lineup and then they finally took off you know when they got mostly healthy um you know clearly they didn't have tyler hero but yeah i would not i would not look at that as my strategy uh yeah we can be you know, well, we're, we're just fine to be you know, somewhere between the you know seventh and 10th seed. And we'll, we'll make our run from there. That's probably not a, you know, overall uh, great approach to approaching your regular season. No, no, not, not the way that you want to, to do things at all. But uh, again, all eyes are going to be on the Raptors. We'll see. Do they just continue to ride the fence or do they make a decision? Hey, we're going to go for it. We're going to try to win games. Or do they go the other way and say, Hey, we're going to move some of these guys. Then like you said, does that, surprisingly put Yaka Pertle out onto the market as an available available player. We'll see how it all plays out. But they're, they're a team that everybody's just confused about what they're doing right now. And maybe we'll have clarity by the draft. Maybe not. Um, and, again, they're, they're the team of mystery. And let's just be clear too. No guarantee this means they keep Gary Trent Jr. either, right? They could still turn around and trade him. Now he's now trade eligible at the draft because he's already opted in. So he's, he's already locked in. So yeah, we, we, you know, more to come with Toronto. We'll obviously continue to monitor that all the way through. All right. Um, There was a big shift in the odds for the second overall pick and it swung very heavily in the favor of Scoot Henderson. And this happened just today. Usually when stuff like that happens with the betting lines, it's because someone knows something. So this doesn't mean for sure that something is happening, but when we see stuff like this, it just, your ears perk up and you kind of say, okay, this is something we need to pay attention to because it means either the Hornets who were supposed to have Scoot and Brandon Miller in for second workouts have changed their mind 
uh, potentially on, on which one they like more. We've been hearing Brandon Miller number two for a while now, and he's still that way in a lot of the mock drafts. But either that has changed or a trade could be in the works for number two. So again, nothing for sure. But just when you see that drastic of a shift in odds, it tells you something is probably afoot behind the scenes. Yeah, definitely. It's like last year, right? Apollo Bancaro shifted, I think, the day of the draft uh, very heavily to being the number one pick. And that was after, for a long time, it had been Jabari Smith was the guy that people thought was going to go there. So, yeah, it does become a very, you know, thing to watch and monitor with this. I, I think there's just so much noise right now after Wembenyama of, Miller or Henderson is someone is someone going to trade up? Yeah, you know, we we heard further kind of you know, reporting of you know, Zion could be in play uh, mm-hmm. for the Pelicans to trade if they can get Scoot Henderson or you know are the Hornets interested in that? the Hornets pulling a Sam Hinkie and like we'll just take Scoot Henderson and then force you to trade with us like right you know there's all sorts of things you know that, that could be in play here with, with this that's going to make it a lot of fun but it is making it a little like. All right, where, where are things going? You know, little anxious moments there for some of these teams where more often in the draft, you could kind of map out how you think the top three or four are going to go. And clearly that, that's not a thing right now. Is there any chance that we get the draft day swerve like we saw last season? It was Agatha all along or something like that coming up uh, in this year's draft. I mean, what the Orlando Magic pulled off last year would be pretty hard to top, but it it feels like maybe there's some room for some shenanigans in this year's draft. Yeah, for sure. There are, you know, the reports are Henderson and Miller went in to do that second workout with Charlotte, with Michael Jordan in attendance. Uh, Sounds like it went well for both of them. So I don't know if that necessarily changed anything there. So, you know, there, I believe it's Jonathan Gavoni, you know, last I checked, which was a couple hours ago, he still had Miller mocked as the second pick uh, there. And I checked a couple of the others, same, same sort of things. Uh But, But what I have also seen is multiple of those same, people who are mocking Miller to the Hornets at two have Scoot Henderson at two on their board. So maybe the, the mm. Hornets are being swayed by the idea of, Hey, if we really think Henderson's a guy after Wembenyama. Let's just get him, and we'll figure all the rest out. Right. Well, we'll figure it out. We, you know, we, we still have other trade options we could go through and other stuff, you know, that we can do. So yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm beyond excited. I mean, it's as fun as it's going to be to watch a bunch of Wembenyama highlights for a little bit at the top of the draft. It's going to be way more fun to watch. Yes. They, you know, get, get into that pick's been made and the Hornets are on the clock because that's, that's where, you know, the fireworks could start. Yeah. It starts at two. Um, and yeah, I am indeed, I'm looking at the Gavoni mock right now and it is indeed Brandon Miller still at number two, but it'll be interesting to see if that changes. Do we get the kind of shift like we saw last year where it was, it was Jabari Smith, Jabari Smith, Jabari. Smith. Oh, no, wait. It's Ben Carroll. We'll see. News is going to break, just so everybody knows, sometime between 8 and 9.30 Eastern. I have to go get my driver's license renewed. Oh. Thursday morning, first thing. So so news will break. Done. Okay. So that's that's what now we know. Now we know. So that's Eastern time. Yeah. Um, be ready. Eastern time. Be ready. Yep. News will break while Keith is stuck in line at the DMV. Is it DMV in Florida? 
Yeah, it's DMV. DMV. Yep. Okay. It's like in Arizona, it's MVD. Like they just wanted to flip the numbers around just to <laughs> right. just to mess with everybody. And in Massachusetts, we called it where I was growing up, we called it the registry because it was the registry of motor vehicles. Oh so it was gosh. the the RMV. The so, RMV. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We actually do it at the tax collector office, and there's like 900 other million things you can do in there. It's an absolute freaking nightmare. So my my real goal is to be out by the time the draft starts and my appointments at 8 30 in the morning. So hopefully, you know. I'm out of there in under 12 hours. Oh boy. Well, <laughs> good, good luck to you that day. And, uh, oh, yeah, uh, I'm ready for news to break while you are right <laughs> when you're, you're mid in the middle of the line. Um, yep. okay. The blazers could be targeting bam at a bio. This is news that came out today that and I'll take the, the punctuation out there, but <laughs> this was, was news that came bam. out today that, that bam at a bio, um, was potentially a trade target for the Blazers that they could be packaging together. Players like Shaden Sharp could be taking, um, of course, their number three pick and trying to get Bam. Anthony Simons could be part of this kind of deal as well. And Miami has already kind of put out word that, no, we're not going to be doing that. I wouldn't imagine them doing that. Is this real? Do you think, like, or is this kind of the Blazers, like we saw with the Mavs, right, a couple of weeks ago, where the Mavs like kind of made it known like, oh, well, Kyrie might just recruit LeBron to Dallas. Why is it the Stars going to go to L.A.? <laughs> sure. Is this the Blazers just doing that same kind of thing? Like, oh, no, 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 you're you're not trading for our star. How about we just bring your star to us? Is is that what's going on here? Like the Blazers just kind of messing with the heat? Yeah, I kind of like the idea of, you know, Joe Cronin and the Blazers front office saying, man, they put out that they didn't really want Beal, that they're holding out for Dan. Why don't we put out, we're trying to get their guy. Yeah, right? exactly. We're trying to get their, their, their guy. Pat Riley threw cold water without directly addressing it. He basically said, we love Bam. And then he went on to compare him to like Alonzo Mourning. So I think that kind of tells you how he feels uh, about Bam Adebayo. So I think we're in a spot where probably – Probably doesn't really mean anything necessarily. I think we're, we're, you know, maybe we're seeing Portland, you know, try to make a run and figure this stuff out and, you know, try to get somebody. Um, I apologize. I know I'm a little bouncy. We've got a pretty good thunderstorm going on um, here. Uh, so that's why my internet's bouncing, I think. Um, but it is, you know, we're, we're in a spot where I think Portland's putting the word out. Hey, we're not going to trade Dame. Right, we're 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 going after guys around him. We're not just going after little upgrades. We're going after big fish uh -huh. here. Now, how they would get to Bam? Obviously, be the third pick, and probably Simons and Nurkic or something. I don't know, but they, they, I would I'd say there's like a one percent chance that this happens and goes down like this. Yeah, I don't see that that happening at all. Miami's yeah, Miami's looking to add talent. Not... Percent too high. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. All right, another thing that's kind of surprising. That's out there right now. The Grizzlies could be looking at Tyus Jones trains. Now, you, on the surface, you would say, well, they're going to be missing John Morant for a number of what, 25 games is what they settled on. Um, you would want Tyus Jones, who is arguably the best backup point guard in the NBA. And that would allow you to just kind of keep going, just as they've done in, in the past few seasons. Anytime Jaw has been out, Tyus slides into the starting lineup and the Grizzlies just keep on rolling. Why now, Keith? Why are they looking at trades? And the rumor is that they're looking at trades that would land Tyus a starting point guard job somewhere. Yeah, my guess is probably some of it is let's try to take care of him, get him into a starting role. He's going into his walk year of his contract. 
I, I, I wonder if there's also part of it seemed to be if they could dangle Tyus Jones to get a small forward. Now, I wonder how much of this is old, right? It was this before mm-hmm. the jaw suspension came down, right? Is it, you know, is that, is that part of you know, what this is, or is this new? And, and they're saying, Hey, we're going to figure it out one way or another. We, you know, maybe they have a plan for their MLE to get one of these free agent point guards and they feel pretty good about that, you know, or maybe they're going to get a, a real playmaking small forward is what they feel like they can. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed yet so yeah it's it's a little weird but but we'll see you know i was it was very interesting matt Moore of the action network who gets some pretty good intel he said i i'm paraphrasing but i think he said the two guys he expects most to get traded tobias harrison and tyus jones so mm-hmm. i think that that part becomes a little interesting there uh with, with that so yeah i'm very curious to see you know how that all comes together yeah I, and I'm, what are they going to get in return do they get that small fort obviously uh, dylan brooks is um not going to get a, con- a contract. What was the, the terminology they used? Uh, under no circumstances. Under no circumstances. That was it. Will he be back? So so they're going to find a wing. But um, but if you do that, then you leave yourself kind of thin at point guard. So it would be interesting to see how mm-hmm. the Grizzlies do do handle this. But like you said, it's possible yeah. that this is intel from pre-John Morant suspension. Although they had to expect it was coming. So Yeah, um, it might just be... Yeah, maybe they thought it was going to be less and we could just get by for, you know, a month without him mm-hmm. instead of, you know, a month and a half worth of games, almost two months, you know, for the start of the year. I I, I don't know, man. It's going to be really interesting because I think that at this point I just hang on to Tyus Jones because there's yeah. no guarantee, you know, Josh stays even healthy, right? The way he plays, it's part of why we love him as a player, but it's also a high risk you know, way he plays, right? He's got, he's got a lot of that Allen Iverson in him where it's just, you know, I'm going to drive in there and get hammered and knocked down, but I'm not going to keep doing it. I'm not going to change, you know, my style and it just leads to injuries. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I would, I, I would, if I was Memphis, I'd keep Tyus Jones and just, you know, keep it rolling. And then if Jaws back, everything seems good. Maybe you could trade him at the trade deadline, go mm-hmm. to a team that's looking for a starting point guard for the rest of the year. But for now, I I don't know. I think I'd be more likely to just hang on to him. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I agreed a hundred percent. I think they should just hang on to him. And I think that's what, what's going to allow them to stay afloat while jaw is out, but we'll see if they make a different call. Uh, the jazz have made Colin Sexton available in trade talks. He's you know, this is a guy that, that you and I have talked a lot about because of his scoring efficiency about mm-hmm. him not being, like a, a chucker type of guard that puts up points, but takes them a bunch of shots in order to get it. Um, but what's the, what is the market really for a guy who 
probably projects to be like a sixth man scorer yeah. off the bench for for somebody. Uh, do, what do you think the return is that the Jazz can expect for a guy like Sexton? Yeah, probably not much of one. My guess is they're trying to, and it sounds like the report is they're trying really hard to move up and to to get up higher in the draft. Mm -hmm. And if they can, it sounds like they're willing to throw Sexton into one of those deals, or maybe it is a separate thing entirely. But it probably takes you know, a team that's like you know, like the Celtics a year ago was very clear, like we could use another bench scoring guard. And they went out and got Malcolm Brogdon and he filled that role. Great. And won six man of the year. You need a team like that. That says, you know, what we really need is a bench scoring guard, but then has the ability to acquire Colin sex. And that becomes the tricky part right there. You've got to also have the ability to go get him. So, so yeah, I, I really don't know. I'm not entirely sure where this one goes. It's Hey, I don't want to be, too dismissive and say he was a throw in in the Donovan Mitchell trade, but obviously mm -hmm. he was in that in part to make the math work in that trade. He hadn't signed up until then. Right. If we remember, he was just kind of languishing out there in restricted free agency. And then when the Mitchell trade came up, it was like, all right, well, Sexton's going to be part of it as a sign and trade And the Laurie marketing also was again, not exactly a throw in, but was just kind of, all right, he's coming over in the trade. We'll see what we have here. And he broke out into, you know, all-star level. We'll see if Sexton, you know, can maybe make that leap. If I was the Jazz, I might just keep him, yeah. you know, play him. He's on a you know, very reasonable contract for what he is as a player. And if you're trying to be a good team, you know, in the next year or so, you know, Colin Sexton could definitely be a part of that. Especially depending on what they plan to do with Jordan Clarkson here. Mm -hmm. That. That can certainly matter here. And so what what they're going to do with him might be Arthur important. Too, this. Tucker too, right? Like, sure. That's another one. That, you know, where, where does he go in this whole thing? So, yeah, I, yeah, that's you know, an interesting guard mix in Utah for sure. And boy, what comes in the draft, right? Because if you draft another guard, then it starts to come, all right, that's, that's probably too many guys. And yeah. something's got to give and somebody has to go there. And it sounds like the guy they want to move up for is Anthony Black. Um, mm -hmm. who is a you know combo guard probably gonna probably gonna be an on-ball guy quite a bit and in that case if that's where you're going yeah i can see why you're saying hey can we throw sexton in and you know grease the wheels a little bit here to to, to jump up in the draft problem is we're hearing them kind of sort of connected to orlando and maybe washington in the challenge in indiana all right sorry orlando and indiana to try to get ahead of washington oh yeah in the Problem is the last thing Orlando and Indiana need is another guard. They've got you know, a bunch of guards already, so that's that's probably what's making this a lot more difficult. Yeah, and it's so the next thing you know, you're talking three team trade, and we all know three team trades are where <laughs> trade talks go to die, and you know it, it gets messy. But again, they've got what just over 48 hours until the draft. Mm -hmm. You never know what what could come together, but potentially a name that could be on the move, Colin Sexton. He's a good player. I don't know, like if you've got. Is that enough to move up in the lottery, Colin Sexton? Is he enough to make it work? Uh, I mean, you'd have to use probably two of your picks, too. Yeah. You know, you're probably talking your your higher pick and then, then whatever your middle pick is to try to move up. But you're not talking about trying to move up to Scoot Henderson range, right? You're talking, and we're just trying to move up a handful of spots here. So maybe. But again, those teams aren't. You know, the teams, it's who are you trading up with, right? Are they trying to win? Are they feel like they need Colin Sexton? That That's where it gets a little bit messier. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, not a surprise here at all. He opts out of his contract, would have paid him $13 million and change this coming season. He is going to get a nice pay raise. You're projecting somewhere in the 20 to $25 million range. I think that makes a lot of sense for Kyle Kuzma. Where he's going to get it from, I don't know. 
the Wizards could still be in play in a sign-and-trade scenario. The cap space teams... Well, the, the thing with Kuzma is he could fit fairly well a lot of places. Yeah. Um, yeah. So where he winds up, it, there could be a there could be any number of, of landing spots for him, but who's willing to pay him that? And then are teams willing to trade something in a sign-and-trade scenario in order to be able to pay him that? That's going to be the, the thing to watch. Yeah, I mean, just if we run through the cap space teams very quickly... Detroit, if they're trying to be good, yeah, they could probably bring in Kuzma. It's a little weird because you have Bogdanovich, and that starts to become a little bit of an overlap there. But you could bring him in. Houston, great kind of target, right? Especially if you're not chasing the max guys. But the next tier down, Kuzma would be good. Indiana is one of my favorite landing spots for him because they need anybody who's a forward-sized guy who could do anything. Makes a lot of sense for Oklahoma City. Uh, they they could use you know another scoring guy, especially with some forward size. Orlando maybe right a little bit of a weird spot because they've got Bancaro, they've got Franz Wagner. But if you wanted to say, all right, we're going to put Franz at the two and play pretty big, let's go. San Antonio, yeah, if you're trying to win quicker yeah. around one Benyama, why not? And then Utah, you know, depending on where they go, again, a little bit weird fit because kind of overlaps with marketing in some. But played his college ball in Utah. You know, you could see you know, that being a way. And then, like you said, there's a ton of side and trade possibilities that could be there. So he was always, always, always going to opt out. 13 million was never going to be in the range for him. No. He's far outplayed that contract. It, that was a surprisingly good contract for the Lakers when the yeah. Lakers gave it to him three and, years ago. And they didn't right? even use it. They traded yeah. it the same, yeah. like the day he, he got out of that contract, they traded him. Yeah. Turn around and moved him. Um, yeah. But it, you know, that, that was one where it was like, I remember at the time it was like, wow, he took a very team friendly deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah. And then like you said, yeah, then they, Hey, congratulations. You're, you're in the Westbrook trade. Right. So that, but that's why, right. It's, and that's kind of the problem. These, these, these team friendly deals sound awesome on the front end till the player outplays it. Then it's like, we can't really extend them because even with the new good extension rules, which wouldn't apply to Kuzma because he's a free agent now, but even with those new extension rules, that wouldn't have been enough here. What, what is it now? 150%? Is that right? 140. 140. I knew it was right yeah. there. So yeah, even 140% of 13 million, he's going to make more than that hitting free agency. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the downside. And- while we're on new CBA stuff, just very quickly, um, as I, I was prepping a bunch of stuff for the summer, something I put out there on Twitter is we, we've coined it the Palenka rule. Um, one cool caveat of that second round pick uh, exception to sign is if you're a cap space team, it doesn't count against your cap space if you sign one of those players until July 31st. So basically, July 31st, free agency is more or less over, right? We're we're mm-hmm. kind of down to it. There'll probably be one or two teams still sitting on some cap space, but the big stuff's already done. So what they're why they did that, my guess is this removes the the need to delay signing a player with that if you're trying to use cap space. Because if you're trying to use cap space, you don't necessarily want to sign the guy to the second round pick exception and have him taken up $2 million of your cap space. So what's going to happen is you can sign him to it right away, right after the draft if you want to, uh, put him on that that exception, and then that money sits off your cap uh, space until mm-hmm. your, until July 31st. That's when it will go against it. So kind of cool there, and it avoids you know, the whole thing of, well, we had to delay signing him, and you know we can finally sign the guy on the 10th of July. Now he's missed half a summer league and all this other stuff. So I, I think 
that the change, you know, it's been several years now of all first rounders count against the cap at 120% mm-hmm. until they're, you know, signed. Cause that's what the vast majority of them signed for. Anyway, that was a great change. They've basically removed, there's no reason to delay signing your draft picks now, if you're using one of these uh, avenues for it. So I just thought it was kind of a, kind of a neat thing to, to, to uh, share with the world and put out there. Cause I hadn't seen anybody else report on that yet. No, that's a, that's a very smart change by the NBA. Cause like you said, that, that takes away any incentive for a guy not to play in summer league. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't put you in a difficult situation where you're asking a guy to play without having a contract, which mm-hmm. sometimes we've seen. Yeah. Um, so I, I think this is just a, it's, it's a no brainer. It's a, it's a clear, you know, Hey, we should have always been doing this type of thing, but glad mm-hmm. to see that they're just, you know, go ahead and making that a thing. So now we're going to see these guys play. They're going to get the players, get the experience they want. The teams get them on the floor. The players still get to sign their contract. It's a win for everybody all around. So it makes a lot of sense yep. for them to do that. Big time. Uh, another player who opted in, Damian Jones. No surprise. Uh, opted all the former, in. It was former Laker opt-in day. Apparently. All the former Laker opt-ins. Yeah. Day, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Damian Jones opts into his deal. And, uh, and so he will, unless he's traded, we'll stick with the Utah Jazz. Actually showed a little bit of three-point shooting ability last season. Did it with the Kings the previous season as well. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, not trying to be rude, but... He was really good with the K. We liked that signing for the Lakers. When yeah, because we're like, hey, absolutely. Jones, two years at the minimum. That feels pretty good, right? But I remember there was a point in time where we talked. I think it was probably on one of the live shows uh, where we were like, he might be the starting center, right, with AD at the four. And then, yeah, and then just, I mean, guy, he was he was terrible. Just fell off the planet. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what happened. You know, with, with that. So, I, yeah. I think. LeBron threw a few lobs to him and he didn't come close to catching them. <laughs> and LeBron just went, yeah. that's it. That's yeah. it. We're pulling the plug here. Um, There's an old story about Michael Jordan where he um, went into a practice and he was firing bullet passes at Bill Cart. He was mad they had traded Charles Oakley for Bill Cart, right? Mm-hmm. And he was just rifling these passes. And then um, uh, Phil Jackson pulled him aside and was like, what are you doing? He's like, he can't catch Phil. Why'd you make the trade? You know, and started yelling at Phil Jackson and Jerry Krause. And then Bill Cartwright was like, throw it at my face. You throw it at my face, I'll catch it every single time. And then that's how they worked it out and they figured hmm. it out with that. But yeah, just yeah, I yeah, I think I think he fumbled a few too many passes out of bounds from LeBron. And LeBron yeah. was like, All right, dude, see you later. You're you're yeah. off to the back of the bench with you. And and that was uh that was the end of that. But be, uh, best of luck to him. You know, Damian Jones, he's a guy who's uh, you know, if he does stretch out to the three point line a little bit and he's a lob finisher and, and all of that, maybe he can stick around here. But uh, yeah. yeah, hopefully it works and, out. And we'll see, you know, maybe, you know, if Utah gets to a point where they need the roster spot, they're so far under the tax that he didn't, if they just straight up waived him, it ate it as dead money. That wouldn't even hurt them anyway. No. They, they'd be fine. But yeah, they'll, my guess is they'll probably just stick roster and it'll be, you know, Walker Kessler's one of his backups, you know, yes. going into the season. Absolutely, man. Walker Kessler. That's I can't wait. I can't wait for uh, the FIBA World Cup. That's gonna be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, right. It's gonna be a lot of fun. He's good, man. Yeah, he is. He's, he's really good. Hey, what a, what a concept, right? Just block everything. Yeah, right. Just just yeah. block everything, right? <laughs> it's gonna be if you're Jazz fans, you're kind of like, man, we traded Rudy Gobert for Rudy Gobert Jr. Right, and he makes you know a tenth of what Rudy Gobert makes. This is great. Let's go. And we got right, all these picks. Pretty good about yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. but yeah, on top of it too. Yeah, we have nine million draft picks coming as well. Yeah, uh, the Vegas pretty good at his job. Yeah, not not bad, not bad. Uh, the Vegas budget for an expansion arena goes up. 
makes it all the more likely that Vegas is going to be the landing spot of an NBA team when inevitably the NBA does expand. Uh, Keith, we were talking off air. You told me it went up to $10 billion. Yep. Uh, we need a little Dr. Evil drop or something. <laughs> like that. But, but what was it at prior to that? Three billion is what they had initially had planned um, for this. This is the same guy. I think you say Tim Lewicky. I think is how you say that or Lewicky. Lewicky. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Um, his group is the group that um, uh, did the rebuild of Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, mm-hmm. formerly Key Arena, um, there in Seattle. And now he is basically saying, you know, hey, the group for here, we're you know, this would be a brand new facility in las vegas and they're they're plugging along with it and i continue to believe you're not putting 10 billion dollars into potentially building an arena without having a fairly good plan an idea that you have a a team coming your way so Uh i I, you know i said it over and over again it's just a matter of time till the nba announces you know probably sometime within the next few years and i think it's going to be seattle and las vegas and then we'll see what they do with conferences and readjustments all that stuff Uh because that could be a good opportunity to kind of change the whole model and look at everything a little bit differently but but we'll see how that goes but yeah 10 million bucks like billion to be yeah, ten billion. Yep, with a B. Yeah. yeah, ten billion bucks. So that says to me, let's go with this right here. You're uh-huh. probably going to be a team playing in Las Vegas here pretty soon. I mean, you've got NHL is there, the NFL is there, MLB is going. Yeah. Now you're going to have, you know, I mean, this is this is going to be, I, I think, a clear landing spot for an NBA team where you've got the Oakland A's that are going to be going there, and yeah. now, and even you look at. Like the Aces have had a ton of success in WNBA, mm-hmm. the Las Vegas Lights in soccer. Yeah. That's been a club that's yeah. been, you know, rumored to be, you know, at some point maybe becoming an MLS team. Yeah. And the professional sports in the United States have been flocking to Las Vegas over the last decade. Their connection to the NBA with Summer League. Summer right? League already like there. Yep. Yo, know, huge already. It was funny. I had someone suggest to me what they wonder is could the NBA turn Summer League then into like a traveling thing? You know, if it's like you have a team now, you know, you have your established thing in the city. Could Summer League become something where, you know, you move it around to different cities, you know, around, around the country? I still think Las Vegas is just so perfectly suited yeah. for what Summer League I, is. I vote no. So, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. With, I'm not even, you know this, I'm not a huge Vegas guy. No. But for the week each year that, that we go out there for Summer League, it's it's great. You know, and well, speaking of, we'll be there. Up this year can't coming wait. Up. Coming, yeah coming up very rapidly uh you know before we know it, we're gonna get done yep. with the draft we're gonna do a bunch of late night live shows and it's gonna be like all right i'll see you tomorrow right <laughs> that's gonna be kind of how it is so i'm uh, pr- pretty excited about that you know when, when we get out there we'll, once we're out there we are gonna we'll, we'll figure out something you know where we'll tell people okay like, hey, we're gonna be mm-hmm. hanging out here you know come by and say hi if you want to for everybody who you know, likes the show that'll be out there and i've said it before if you've never been to summer league and you love uh the nba go go to summer mm-hmm. league you know just take 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 the time you know hotels in vegas aren't you know outrageously expensive especially in the middle of july because a lot of regular tourists are like it's too hot it's too hot to go so um but yeah if, if you you can if you could get there go it's it's nba comic-con that's the best way i can explain it you know mm-hmm. everybody's there and you know, it's a ton of fun. You get to see all the rookies and the two gyms are literally across the hall from each other. So you can, and your ticket gets you into the both. You can bounce between the two gyms. So it's, it's an absolute blast. You know, well, that's, you're a basketball junkie. It's no better place to be. That's just it. Like I, I, 
in terms of uh, selfishly, our, our studio is there in, in Vegas. So, of course, I wanted to stay in, in Las Vegas for those selfish reasons. But um, which, by the way, maybe we'll just tell everybody when we're going to be recording in studio. People could come yeah. see the yeah, show live. But um, but um, Las Vegas, you've got all the hotels that you need. That's already that's built in right for the thousands of people that are going to come for Summer League. You've got the two arenas side by side where you can walk so back huge. and forth between them. Finding those two things, the number of hotels and the arenas in close proximity to that's, that's such a difficult challenge. So obviously selfishly, I'm biased. I don't want it to leave Las Vegas because our studio is there and I want to be able to use that at the same time. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I just think that built in infrastructure that Vegas offers would be difficult to replicate for, for the full summer. Like I know Orlando did a summer league for a while. Of course there's the California classic summer league, like Utah yeah. did a summer league, like, but, but, to do a full, all 30 teams are there, Summer League, you need something like Las Vegas. Yeah, and you need big arena. Like, it, it is, you know, selfishly for me, I would love it if Disney ever bid to host Summer League like they did the bubble because sure. they've got the three arenas that, they, you know, obviously you can play NBA games in because they already did that, you know, once already. And then, you know, they've got, you know, we, we've got as many hotel rooms here in Orlando as Las Vegas does. But, you know, the problem is for Disney, that's, you know, that's the middle of peak, you know, course time. Like they, they, they're not necessarily going to be like, yeah, we need one more thing going on here on property at that time. I know they were hopeful to had the NBA move forward with, hey, the midseason tournament's going to take place in one site. Uh, Disney mm -hmm. was hopeful to be involved with that because they liked the idea of, hey, in January, everybody want to come to Florida for, you know, four or five days, you know, and play, play this thing. And, you know, they did want a slightly different way with the in-season tournament, which makes sense and no issue with that. But, yeah, it's a you know, lot of, you know, a lot of pluses to Vegas. So I'm yeah. perfectly happy that it's you know, out there again. And I, I can't wait to get out there, man. It's going to be so much fun. It's, uh, yeah. you know. And I just love seeing everybody, right? Uh, people from the teams and other media people that, you know, some, some people that, you know, for, you know, 50 weeks a year, 51 weeks a year, they exist as, you know, an online only relationship. And then, you know, this one week you can kind of see everybody. So it's good. Now, selfishly too, I'm very glad we are going at the front end because the back end of summer league, that gets to be a kind of sad place. It does. That's, it starts to it, clear it, out a little bit. And a lot of the top yeah. names have, have been pulled from games yeah. and, yeah. So, yep. and if we get news, one Benyama's playing, I'm in the gym as soon as it opens and I'm posting up and I'm not leaving my seat down yeah. stay right where I am, you know, until, until we get to see him play. I'm not going anywhere. Cause I, I missed out on seeing him play out there earlier in those exhibitions. So I'll, I'll definitely be locked in if he plays. And my guess is we're going to get a game or two of him. I think, I think yeah. he wants it. I think the league wants it. I think Spurs are okay with it. So yeah, we're going to get a game or two of him in Las Vegas for sure. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Yep. All right. Well, I think that's it for today's show. Make sure you are subscribing right here to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Don't forget to turn on those notifications. Of course, follow us over on the podcast feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you listen to podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow, breaking down all of tomorrow's news and rumors, everything that happens tonight, of course, as well, because this time of year, you just never know when <laughs> the next big, big story is going to drop. We are on our toes. Oh, well, actually, sorry, we do know. When Keith is in line at the DMV, that's it. That's Thursday morning. Big story is going to Thursday morning. Yeah, morning. yep. I don't draft know day morning. Yeah, something's going to happen between eight and like nine thirty, ten o'clock. 
uh, you know, hopefully, and that's me being very optimistic. That's the length of time I will be be there. I'm hoping I can literally walk in, give him my old ID, take a new picture with my bright smiling face, and move on and, and get get out of there. But we all know how it goes at the DMV. Well, best of luck to you there. <laughs> and uh, again, thank you everybody for joining us. Till next time, stay safe and see you. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.